0: The Rocky Levy on Bell error with the Jets is over. After 17 games and 19 months in a Jets uniform, the team released Bell Tuesday night after being unable to trade him anywhere. Kaz and I do a deep dive into the decision, the dysfunction of the franchise right now, and look ahead to Sunday's game against the Dolphins. NFL Network's Kim Jones will drop by to give her take on everything going on with this franchise right now. Buckle up. We got a busy edition of Gangs All Here. It's next from the New York Post.
1: You play to win the game.
0: Welcome back. A special early Wednesday edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast. From the New York Post, Jake Brown here, Brian Costello there. We got a lot to get into on this episode. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio, at Brian Kaz. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. But if you do use Apple Podcasts, five star rating, nice reviews, appreciated. Every week we bring you two episodes all season. Long. So make sure you get it. Go check out the Jalen Rose Renaissance Man podcast too. I didn't realize, but Kaz went to Penn State, and our guests this week, they are friends from Penn State. It's NFL Network's Kim Jones. So we'll exchange pleasantry later. But first, we gotta start with the big news, and that is LeVeon Bell was released Tuesday night. You know, liked a couple of tweets about his usage. Kaz did the story that it's time to trade Le'Veon Bell and the power of Kaz and tweets. There he goes. He's gone. The Jets got rid of him. Kaz, take us how uh, take us into how this all developed the details of the story and uh, what's next for Le'Veon Bell? Well, obviously, Jake,
1: it's been developing for 19 months since he signed here. It's been a rocky marriage since day one, basically. Uh, You know, Adam Gates was not on board with signing him. We all know Mike McKagan signed him uh, and that came out. So, you know, it's been, there's always been this underlying tension between Le'Veon and Adam, even though they, you know, I do think they get along personally. I just think Le'Veon gets frustrated with how he's used and voices that. And so Sunday um, he wasn't happy, 13 carries for six, yards one catch for seven uh he voiced his displeasure with adam to adam and also you know like you said liking the tweets on monday they sat i don't know if they actually sat down or they they somehow had a conversation whether that was virtually or on the phone Gase douglas bell and his agent and all parties kind of agreed that what was best for them was to part ways joe douglas gave bell's agent Adisa Bakari permission to seek a trade and Joe said he would do the same he called every team in the NFL uh there was no one who was willing to trade for Le'Veon Bell uh the main sticking point was the uh there's a Bell's, Bell's contract is not guaranteed for 2021 but it is guaranteed for injury So if he suffered a serious injury this year and couldn't play next year, you're on the hook for eight million dollars, and no team wanted to do that. The Jets were willing to pay some of his salary this year, six million dollars left, in order to facilitate a trade. But that 2021 number was really what scared teams. Ultimately, the Jets looked at it and they thought, you know, they could they could wait this out for three weeks. The trade deadline is November 3rd. They could probably get, you know, maybe or maybe I shouldn't say probably. They maybe could get something for him before the trade deadline, maybe a seventh round pick. But they were taking the risk then of what if he goes out in Miami this week and you know suffers a very serious injury, they're on the hook for eight million dollars next year. So it was clear they were he's not part of the future here. Uh and I think at 0-5, that's all the Jets have to be thinking about now is who's gonna be here. In 2021 and beyond, who's going to be part of this core? They're obviously going to be starting over again in 2021. Who can stay? And Le'Veon Bell was not part of it, so they decided to move on. They're eating the money. It's like the Moneyball. If you've seen Moneyball, Jake, it's like the scene with Billy Bean in the batting cage with David Justice where he tells them, the Yankees are paying you to play for us. The Jets will now pay Le'Veon Bell to play for another team.
0: And that's just another chapter in this Jets debacle and <laughs> – uh, I mean, it is so many chapters in this, in this long telling story and you could write them all just, that's like war and peace. That book, Jake, that's, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a, a best selling book and maybe cause you'll write it for us. You'll be, uh, you'll yeah. write the chat this, you know, this last year has been its own book in itself. Uh, it might be as long as a JK Rowling Harry Potter novel. Um, but listen, Adam Gase did not like Le'Veon Bell. We knew that he, you know, was not happy kind of that they brought him in here. A lot of this stems from Mike McCagnon. a lot of the ineptitude from Tremaine Johnson's monster contract uh, to Bell's contract, bringing in case. Then the Jets having some kind of bizarre tactic of firing Mike McCagnin, but doing it after the draft. The timing of that just seemed way off when they did that. Um, And listen, the Bell era was not memorable. His biggest run here was 19 yards. He had more talent in a bowling alley than he did on a football field with the Jets. And I can attest that he wasn't great here. But I will say this. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is done. I think he thrived in Pittsburgh behind an offensive line where he was able to be patient and work behind big fellas that were great behind a quarterback that's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. Around receivers that were good. You know, we're talking to Antonio Brown and all the talent that they had, a good defense, a really good head coach. From top to bottom, he was in the perfect situation in Pittsburgh. Which begs you the question of why didn't he take a contract to stay there? I mean, he was just shining, doing so well. You know, the star of the show, the one of the faces of the league in terms of talent. And then, you know, he had the whole 2018. Sitting out a year as a running back is such a harm to a running back's career because their shelf life isn't that long. When they cross the age of 30, things change. He's 28 years old now, and... This era sucked. It was 19 months of nothing. 863 yards, four touchdowns, so much mismanagement. Some blame goes to Adam Case. Listen, he didn't use him enough. He didn't use him as a receiver. Uh, The the communication between the two while it was there, it didn't seem like the two really were buddy-buddy. I wouldn't see them together at a bowling alley anytime soon, especially during COVID, by the way. Um, But listen, I don't think they liked each other. And Bell was worn down. He needs the talent around him. And this was really frustrating how this ended because Jamal Adams kind of cried his way out. They got rid of him. Bell tweeted his way out. They got rid of him. Tremaine Johnson was a big signing that you expect to be good. He was so bad that they had to cut him. Just everything around this organization is so dysfunctional right now. And you you talk about this hitting rock bottom. It has. This team's 0-5. Gase is going to get fired this year. And there's so many holes and so much money to be spent, but not enough money to fill all the damn holes that this team has. And 10 years of losing is enough. And I don't know, man. Like you said, it's hard to keep caring because this team's just been so irrelevant, Kaz, for so long. Been so bad for so long. But... This is just another frustrating, dysfunctional part of what has become a circus with the Jets from everything from GM to coach and Joe Douglas has to kind of change the culture and a, a new coach. We'll talk about it later with Kim. There's not a lot of them out there that are CEO like, but a new coach has to really establish a culture here because this isn't a winning franchise. This isn't a team that's, you know, really respected around the league. This has become the laughing stock franchise of the national football league. And I don't know how soon that's going to change here. Cause
1: yeah, it's not going to change overnight, Jake, you know, because there's a lot of work to be done. And I know, Jets fans don't want to hear it and it's been 10 years and all that stuff. But you know, there's just, they're at least, at least, two years away from being decent. You know, next year is going to be possibly a rebuilding year with a rookie quarterback. You know, there's just, like you said, there's just too many holes to fill. You, you can't do it overnight. I also don't think Joe Douglas, he has a lot of money to spend. I think he's going to spread it around. I don't think he's a guy that's going to go out and sign the big name free agents. That hasn't worked here and doesn't hasn't worked a lot of other places. So I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to try to rebuild through the draft and that takes time. Obviously, the new coach will come in and he'll have say and they're, they're going to have to find players that he likes and they you know it could be switching systems completely and that could lead to some departures but you look at his team and i would ask you jake you think about think about 2022 let's forget next year for a second who on this team will be here in 2022? Who do you think is going to be on this team?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, hopefully Mikai Becton. Mikai Becton's uh, one. Yeah, he's the top of the list. Punter Bradenman. <laughs> man, yep. Uh, I, I can't guarantee Quinnen Williams at this point. He's kind of been a question mark, but maybe you could say Quinnen.
1: I think Quinnen will be here. Uh, that will be the fourth year of his contract. So you know, I do. Th- I, he'll still be on his rookie deal. So I, and Quinn has shown some promise recently. So I do think he'll be here. Denzel Mims, we don't know. We don't know what he is. He hasn't been on the field, but you have to think Denzel Mims is going to be here he was just drafted P
0: Ryan yeah yeah
1: P Ryan but i mean P Ryan's a fourth round pick i'm not sure like i'm talking core players that you're going to build around it's not many yeah there's not no it's really B- Beckton and Quinnon those are the two those are the two guys that you know right now you can say okay they'll be here and be a core part of this team in 2022 you need 53 players Jake and they got two that i think are a part of the future here and that so that that's a you, it's just it's going to be a, it's a huge job for Joe Douglas it's hard to judge what he's done so So far, this is going to be, you know, once Adam Gase is gone, all the focus is going to be on Joe Douglas. Now Gase has kind of been a shield so far. And now when Gase is gone, the focus will be on Joe Douglas. So similar to what happens with the Giants, you know, the focus is all on Dave Gettleman because Pat Shermer was gone. So that's going to happen here now.
0: Yeah, and he, you know, he hasn't really had a fair shake yet with how it happened. I mean, coming after a draft, he's only had one draft, so we have to see, again, guys like Bryce Hall. we well, got to see at some point Cameron Clark, some of these depth guys. You know, The secondary's been so bad that a guy like Bryce Hall down the road, you hope, could be a starting cornerback because they haven't got anything really out of Pierre Desir. Bless Austin's been up and down and banged up. A lot of injuries. This is just a weird year to truly judge guys, but... I didn't hate the Le'Veon Bell signing when they made it. I hated aspects of it. I hated that, you know, him in the spotlight, you know, maybe he'll check out after a year or two, the the off-the-field drama. But I thought he was so talented that I, you know, I I was kind of, I was a fan that was excited by the move. I did think they paid him a lot, but I think they had to go out and kind of make a splash. The problem was... Everything around him has just failed from top to bottom. And, you know, Sam Darnold deserves a lot of blame, too. A lot goes on the quarterback and getting him the ball as a receiver, getting him the ball and being a leader. And Darnold's just been terrible. Uh, He hasn't progressed. He's actually regressed this season. Now he's hurt again. So, obviously, not having a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger plays a factor in this as well, along with – you know, blame goes all around, Kazi. You know, I'm not going to put it all on – I'm not going to put it all on McCagnin. Actually, no, I will. McCagnin was awful. Uh, I'm not going to blame Douglas, but it's just everyone. The carve of a blame from ownership to Gase, to the quarterback, to the offensive line, to not getting receivers, to the defense, you know, not being good either. So it's really just A to Z. This just didn't work here. And, you know, there was the drama. You know, we didn't even talk about the jewelry drama. The girls, what happened? Two girls took his jewelry. He released the rap album. I tweeted this. I think, you know... The the Bell uh, breakup song is going to be like a Taylor Swift uh, top ten iTunes anthem coming out when that uh, breakup track comes out. Uh, Letting on Bell featuring Drake coming soon. Um, so this this was a tumultuous tenure, and uh, I did not think it would end this way. But it, it's I mean nothing surprises me this year anymore.
1: Yeah, a couple things uh, on on Bell. I do think it's a great point you raise about Sam Darnold. Everyone kind of says why isn't Gates targeting him. Well, watch football and how many running backs are targeted, right? Like the running back in the passing game is a lot of times a check down. A lot of times it's the quarterbacks looking, 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 and then dumps off to the running back. Now you could say, oh, they should be lining up at wide receiver. Todd Haley, who was his offense coordinator in of Pittsburgh, said he hated to line up at wide receiver. That, that was something that they didn't do and they didn't like doing. It didn't work very well. So, you know, you can say that. But to me, lack of production in the passing game is not just gays Bell all has to get open, and the quarterbacks to throw to him. That being said, he caught sixty-six passes last year. Uh, sometimes I think people act like he caught ten. Uh, he had three hundred and thirty-three touches in the last year plus. Uh, he was eighth among running backs last year in touches, and he was lowest of those guys in production. So I don't think it's all you know that storyline. I think kind of gets overblown. I don't. I don't think Gase hated you know, Le'Veon on bell. I think they kind of liked each other personally. It just didn't work. Gase was against spending that kind of money on a running back. He thought they should spend it on the offensive line. I think he was right in hindsight. Now that being said, Gase needed to get over it and move on. And I don't think he ever did. And I think that was always kind of lingering was that, you know, he resented that he had to give this guy the ball because he was getting paid so much. But if you look at it, you know, spending that kind of money on the running back with the state of the Jets offensive line last year is silly. It's like, putting a pool in your house you know when the foundation's crumbling like, you got you to, gotta, they should have fixed the offensive line first. I think a running back is one of the last pieces in the puzzle when you have a good team. Uh, and we look around the league, Jake. You know, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Mike Davis is doing a great job at Carolina. Like, you can find running backs, right? Like, there's ways to find them in the draft and through free agency, cheaper free agency that works. So, you know, just the whole thing was a mess from start to finish.
0: Yeah. And don't forget, Mike McCagnon at one point did draft Christian Hackenberg. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's just that's just a gratuitous shot
0: yeah i just had to come out swinging with that final shot we'll Uh, talk
1: in a few weeks in a few weeks when the jets play the chiefs we'll talk about how they didn't think they needed to draft patrick mahomes because they had christian hackenberg so
0: (laughs) i had to throw that in there with you being i'm learning a penn state guy with kim jones i guess i had to throw in a court who did they take him in the second round right it was a fourth round second round
1: round. round. no no fourth round would have been forgivable the fourth round, because here's how I view the draft: is like the first two rounds, you have to draft players that are going to play immediately for you. Round three is a guy who they, they need to be contributors in year one. They play special teams, play a little bit offense, defense. Round four and beyond is a crapshoot. Like they might play, they might not play. It's okay, you know, they're developmental players. But Hackenberg was a second round pick, so he was terrible never, in college. Never played a
0: game. Never he never played a game. He was awful at Penn State. He wasn't like he regressed this last year. That he didn't
1: even progress. I'll tell you a story. You might remember 2017, I guess it was, was Hackenberg's last year with the Hold on, hold on.
0: Welcome. This is the second edition of Brian's Book with Brian (laughs) Costello.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, right, that was that, that. was the last year of Hackenberg. It was 2017. And there was a lot of push at the end of the year. The Jets were bad. They were they were going nowhere. Why don't they play Hackenberg? There was a game in New England. Play Hackenberg, you know. Go out and, and, and you know, why, why not just put him on the field? And Todd Bowles refused. Like, Todd Bowles. And we drove him nuts. We asked Todd all the time, you going to play Hackenberg? You going to play Hackenberg? And Todd was a gentleman. He never said anything negative about Christian, but he just kind of said not playing Hackenberg. So flash forward to 2019, I think it was, and there was that league, um, the AA, was it the American Football League, AAF? Yeah. Remember that league, Jake, that played in like February? Yep. Hackenberg played in it and got benched. And this was in, like, February. He got benched in this Alliance Football League. So I, so the combine was a couple weeks later, and I saw Todd. We passed each other. You know, there's another combine story. We passed Todd, and Todd Todd just looked at me and goes, Hey, Kaz, I thought you might call me and ask me why I didn't play Hackenberg after last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, my God. No no punches were thrown at a bar, though, this time at the no, combine.
1: No, but... no, no. Todd, Todd, Todd was much calmer than Rex, but – he, he 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 just delivered that line, you know. So. I could picture his but,
0: laugh, his laugh too, along with yes. that. I could just picture that scene right now. Wow, bench in the AF. Jeez, that's like you know, that's like getting benched on like the prison softball team. It's like, come on, how how worse can it get? <laughs> uh, yeah, Christian Hackenberg, never forget, just a terrible jet. The Jets uh, dysfunction land continues as they go. We'll close on this Sunday. Against the Dolphins, the Dolphins are eight-point favorites. And if that doesn't tell you anything about how bad the Jets are, I don't know what does. The over-unders. I think it's going 47. up
1: too, right, Jake? Is yeah, it going
0: up? It's probably going to hit 10 by the weekend. Uh, imagine being double-digit do- dogs in a game coming into the season you thought they'd have a chance to win. Uh, what's What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: Clearly, they're playing well right now. Uh, you know, I would say this you know what you get with Fitzpatrick jets fans know it well he can be great one week and then terrible the next week the jets have to hope they're going to get the terrible fits this week against them after he had a really good game against the 49ers i don't think the jets you know, this is the this is one of two games against the dolphins where i say okay jets have a chance at winning that game you know it's hard to say you expect them to win any games at this point but the dolphins you know are i don't think they're world beaters so you know we'll see i think this is a game against a team who's closer to them in talent level. You know, after this, forget about it. Like, look at the next three. Bills, Chiefs, and Patriots. Good luck. (laughs) So, you know, if they're going to win a game, you're thinking it's probably going to be one of these two Dolphin games.
0: Yeah, and you'll see Le'Veon Bell in that November 9th game running all over them in a Patriots uniform. Oh, oh, brother. (laughs) The the moment
1: to the Jets fans. Everyone's going to go to the Patriots (laughs) and be great. That's why Hackenberg was going to go to the Patriots and be great. I heard that, Jake.
0: Anyone who said that is just smoking crack or something. Uh, That's a Monday night game, and then they have the bye. So how fitting would it be if Le'Veon Bell runs for 125, two touchdowns, (laughs) and then Tuesday morning gaze is fired. I mean, you know, Le'Veon – I could already see the Le'Veon Bell tweet in his drafts, in his drafts, his uh, you know, I I have some <laughs> tweets in my drafts that I haven't tweeted. Le'Veon Bell's already gathering those up. I uh, listen. I think I agree. I think they're closer to the talent level, but still not as good as the Dolphins they've been surprising I think a lot of people thought the Dolphins would be you know at some point here have Tua T coming but Fitzpatrick has played well enough where Tua hasn't even been on the radar yet uh but I do think the Dolphins win this game something like a 27-13 27-7 I'll say 27-17 um the Dolphins will win and the Jets will go 0-6 and it's only going to get worse. We talked a lot about Penn State on this episode. Well, coming up next is Penn State alum herself. It's the great Kim Jones of NFL Network right here on Gangs All here from the New York Post. Joining us now is an NFL Network terrific reporter, and you hear her on WFAN as well. She used to be back on the Yes Network as a clubhouse reporter for Yankee Games. She was a Giants beat reporter and NFL columnist across the river at the Star-Ledger It is Kim Jones. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kim Jones Sports. Kim, welcome back to Gangs All Here Season 2. You join us on uh, quite a busy day in Jets land today.
2: Yes, I'm so excited to be back. You guys went way back with that uh, that resume. I appreciate that. Lots of uh, the Yankees – I know we're not talking Yankees. The Yankees are so fascinating to me. Um, and, cause I know you were there so many times – Just because of this idea that their ultimate winning uh, barometer, we have to win it all, we have to win it all, is no more. And it's fascinating for me to watch all of that. And frankly, the teams around them in New York don't win either. So I guess they fit in nicely.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of ineptitude here. I think, I didn't go to back to let's talk Penn state or keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, If you you want to go way back in the archives, uh, you know, 2005, I mean, a long time ago. Um, But uh, yeah, there's a a lot of bad sports here in New York. And uh, I tweeted about that the other day and people were like, but the Islanders made the Eastern conference finals and the Rangers have the number one pick. I mean, I don't know if having a number one pick is a cause of a ton of celebration. Um, it means you weren't that great. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of bad football here. 0-10 for both teams, but the Jets now, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is gone. They've released him. What were your immediate reactions, Kim, when you heard the news?
2: I guess it has to be a little bit of a surprise, like, oh, wow, they, they released Bell. You know, that kind of a thing. But if you sit back, there, it's not a surprise. that That signing never worked. Adam Gase was right does Adam Gase have to make it work with the players he's given of course he does and I understand that but Le'Veon just never worked here which is kind of funny because you know Kaz I don't know if you'd agree with this you know Le'Veon Bell came here as a big star you know of course he had sat out the year which we'll never know the damage that did to his career or perhaps he'll he'll later feel like it helped him in terms of longevity and, and, and a healthy life I mean who knows but he came here as such a big star and seemingly a good fit for a huge market like this one. And it's hard to even remember like a Le'Veon Bell highlight as a New York jet, which is amazing to say. I truly can't think of one.
1: Him bowling the 251 was the highlight, Him
2: <laughs> Or that the rap the album, perhaps. I mean, there yeah, was the an album. album was good. Yeah. There was an album, you know, recorded during the 2019 season. Cause, right? Yes,
1: yes. You know, or I when you got the jewelry, so, or the, or when the, you got the jewelry stolen by the two ladies. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was yes. a good that was a good one too.
2: Those oh, are the highlights. I forgot I think. about the
0: jewelry story. Oh, that was a good one too. Damn. Yeah, I, yes.
2: I think uh, yeah, I think you're right about the bowling being the highlight. Because didn't he bowl like a remarkable game that day? Yeah,
1: 250, 251, I think it was. I think that was yeah, the score. I mean, yeah, that's that's a really good score. really good bowling. That's a good yeah, score. right. The game it was the new flu game
2: it's amazing
1: it's funny Kim you talk about how big a star he was and the signing and you know we're we're in the very much mode of right now comparing this year to 1996 right right then the 1-15 the in 15 season this feels like it could be equally as bad or maybe worse and that year the Jets signed Neil O'Donnell another star from pittsburgh who did not who did not work out for the jets at all and they ended up moving on after 1997 with neil o'donnell but it's hard to think of many signings that were that has much hype around them that blew up this fantastically i mean they've had some doozies tremaine johnson was a really bad one but uh at least tremaine johnson had a couple moments as a jet this this one is just incredible you know i think the good news is that you'll see more of Michael Pirine now. I think they'll move forward. Obviously, Bell wasn't part of the plan. Where do you think, you know, what are you looking for, Kim, covering the rest of the season? What 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 interests you about the Jets right now?
2: Well, one thing that strikes me as you were mentioning some of those high and low lights were I think that the Jets should stick to players from Pittsburgh like Curtis (laughs) Martin, Darrell Revis, but not players who played for the Steelers because that seems to be the dividing line when you talk about Western Pennsylvania. I think that you're now looking for progress. You're obviously looking for a win. You're looking for P to to show you something. You're looking for I have to believe leave at some point Denzel Mims to get on the field and he has now surpassed the most famous other hamstring in rookie uh, NFL New York history and that of course was Odell Beckham Jr. who missed four games but came back to win rookie of the year and cuz and Jake this is my optimism in August I tweeted something along the lines of like it worked out for another receiver who missed four games with a hamstring but We're now past the four games, and, you know, I have no idea how it's going to work out with Mims, but they really need him on the field. They need to see what they have with the receiver who was going to be, uh, we think, a, a playmaker for Sam Darnold. Protection and playmakers, and, you know, right now he doesn't have enough of either, and right now, you know, Sam's still banged up.
0: Kim, going back to the Le'Veon Bell front, Cos believes you know not many teams are going to be lining up here to try and pick no. him up. Uh, to, is there a team or one or two teams you look at might be a fit where you might see him ending up?
2: Yeah, I was trying to think of that a little bit earlier, and I, I was doing some other some other things. I had to get to, I had to finish up, so I didn't get very far with that. To be honest with you because and Jake I I can't think of a team you know I know Fournette went to Tampa Bay you know when he was released I I get that um this is a little bit of a different circumstance an older player with more miles uh, on the tires so to speak I I can't think of one I, it doesn't I you know I don't look at any of the teams we think about in this league right now and say boy they are Le'Veon Bell away from really being a good team that that's tough to beat I I don't know that we look at Bell that way, and I don't look at any. Certainly, I don't look at any contending teams that way at the moment. And I'm not sure why a, a, a team that's struggling would make that move either. I, you know, I, so I, I, I'm over on this one with Bell.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people think at 401 today when he becomes a free agent, he's going to sign somewhere. I'm not sure about that. I think. This might be a Devontae Freeman situation where he might sit out a little while. And then if there's an injury, a significant injury somewhere, maybe they, a team signs him. You know, Freeman had to wait a long time before the Giants jumped on him. So maybe that's what happens with Bell. It's going to be fascinating. And I am i don't think he has uh, much left in terms of being a featured back But that being said, he played behind a terrible offensive line with the Jets. So maybe if he goes somewhere with a good line, you know, he has something, you know, has something left and can show something, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm curious, Kim, the Jets have such a major culture problem or just lack of culture to me like and it's been so long now and you know you referenced your days with the Yankees and I was around those teams and it felt like you know when when a guy came to the Yankees they knew what was expected of being a Yankee and that was because you know Derek was in one corner Jorge was in another corner Mariano he dealt with a lot of Latin players the pitchers it just kind of was the tone was set from those older guys the Jets have no older guys that have been here there's no definition there's no meaning of what it is to be a Jet. Like I don't even think the Giants had that for a long time, and maybe they've lost it now. I think teams like the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots have that. I guess just, you know, it's going to take years to establish that, I think. I mean, how does Joe Douglas go about creating the best culture in sports, as he said?
2: Well, with better drafting than what they've had. And I do think he got it right with Makai Becton. The recent, you know, experience with Makai Becton still confounds me. Him in that Denver game. I mean, I, I that one we could do a half hour on. I'm still just not sure how it happens that he's not good enough to start, but then he goes in and wants to go in. I understand that. So that's a whole other story. But I think he got it right with Becton, and I think that should make Jets fans feel good because, you know, you can look at a couple of those other tackles, and it's not that those teams failed. Uh, those other tackles haven't progressed as quickly as Becton. That doesn't mean they won't ultimately be as good. But at the very, very early returns, Becton was a shining star there, and that's a good thing. But I think they've got to draft an awful lot better. Uh, they certainly signed C.J. Mosley to be one of those players you were talking about, Kaz. You know, he came from Baltimore, uh, signed by McKagan, though, not Douglas with the, with the Baltimore ties, but, but was was brought here to be that instant leader difference maker on the field culture setter and he's played five quarters and he you know and he opted out of this season which players had a right to do so that signing is an absolute disaster mostly because we haven't seen Mosley on the field and we have no idea if he would have fulfilled the promise of that five-year what 85 million dollar contract or at least started to you know fulfill it so I think that that was actually a good move that just has been incredibly unlucky and obviously now completely unproductive. I think that they, they're starting over, though. I mean, when we talk about Joe Douglas, like, he, like Mims, Mims so far obviously hasn't been on the field. Mims has to be a good receiver for them, period. And we don't know that answer yet. I don't know how we would know that answer yet. But he's got – but P. P-line we're going to find out about Pirine. He has to he, – listen, he doesn't have to be the best running back in the league starting this week, but he's got to be a capable player who you say, oh, okay, I see the dimensions with Pirine. He is definitely a building block in years to come. He has to be that, and we're going to find out about him. So that's a good thing, right? To me, Ashton Davis, you know, you got to find a, a, a role for him to be on the field, and you got to start to find out what he can do. We know he's fast uh cause candidly you've watched the jets more closely than i I've, i've had some other teams that i've been covering so you've seen davis more than i but you know ashton davis you know that's your leonard williams pick that was your bonus baby you know he's got you know him being good would be a great feather in joe douglas's cap uh, for that reason. And for many others, cause they need a good player. You know, where's Marcus may been, you know, we, you got to find a way to get the best out of Marcus and this defense confounds me um, because they do have some talent there. I do think Quinnen is starting to look like a player that you can say, okay, inside where it's hard to judge guys and they don't always make splash plays, but inside he's holding it down and he's doing, you know, close to at times what the jets would have hoped when they picked him as high as they did. But, there's a lot of questions here. That you guys know that. There's a million questions about the Jets. We've got to get some of those answers, though.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's too soon to judge, obviously too soon to judge a draft class. But what's troubling about this draft class is they have they're not on the field. Like, you know, Becton Bechton played a little, played well and then he gets hurt and now he's I don't know when we're gonna see him again. Mims, here's here's the thing that really worries me about Mims at this point. He's practiced like twice. So let's let's say He's able to practice this week in some form or fashion. He's not playing Sunday. Like it's gonna take it's gonna take a few weeks of practice before he knows the offense and he's ready to play, I think. So yeah, that I mean, Davis was out of the lineup. He he was back in last week and he's been he's had up and down moments, you know, so far. Uh Jabari Zaniga, the other third round pick, hasn't been on the field yet. Uh obviously Bryce Hall, they knew drafting him out of Virginia had an injury. The the most consistent rookie right now is the punter. And he also might be their best tackler. You know, we saw last week. So he yeah, is the an outstanding class...
2: punter, though the, the punter the dra- really is outstanding.
1: <laughs> well he is good. But the draft class so far has just been frustrating no, because I haven't able to see
2: yeah. them on the field. Well, and, and, you know, I know it's a cliche. We talk, you know, whether we want to or not, we use cliches all the time talking about sports and football, but you know, availability is part of being a pro and part of being an NFL player. And unfortunately, Sam's hurt again. Now that was a vicious hit. Um, I never ended up seeing if the NFL find, you know, issued a find there. That one was a they vicious hit that yeah, I was, they re- did not find okay, it's really, you know, it's really quizzical to me how they decide that sometimes because, you know, I mean, I guess we could guess in some cases. But that one was weird because I thought that one was a pick him up, slam him down, and and he was clearly injured.
1: Quinton got fined for that game twice for landing on Brett Ripon. The one time, and for the face mask penalty, which so he ended up paying twenty five thousand dollars. When I didn't think either one of his fouls were as egregious as what the Bronco linebacker did.
2: Agreed, and I I would like to see those fines taken into account. Not necessarily that the guy got hurt, because that can be bad luck, but the idea of intent. Like he was driven to the ground intentionally. With and I think in both cases you could argue in the field of play it should have been flagged because those are the rules, but it wasn't. I didn't. Look at those and say. I mean, if Quan Williams is going to be vicious with someone, I, I, I mean, he, he, you know, he, he's a 300-pound man. He's gonna he's gonna hurt someone, and, and he didn't in those cases. I, 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 yeah, I, I would love to know how that stuff is decided because I don't think we do.
0: It's alarming to me because everyone says, you know, the Jets have to hit rock bottom, which is what I, I think they are right now. I mean, it doesn't get much worse um, to kind of get back to the promised land. Where has this team been for the last decade? I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs in a decade, so telling jets fans you know got to be patient got to get to the the real bottom of the barrel well this looks as the bottom of the barrel as it gets right now kim
2: yeah i mean well it, you know it is and the schedule you know doesn't get easier you know one of those clichés but it's true yes i i think that there has been sort of a storm of everything that can go wrong has almost there, you know, there are very few things that we could talk about right now and say, but that's really gone. Right. Like you said, cause the punter Braden man's been great. We saw that in training camp. He was booming, you know, he you know, his punts were touching the clouds. Good. But that's, literally one of the very few things we could say here's what I don't love and I'm in a minority on this and I'm comfortable being in a minority on stuff like this I don't think that we've exactly seen Adam Gase be able to call games and to coach this team because of what we're talking about now he's going to ultimately pay the price for it I think we all understand that but In fairness, and I understand that the spectrum on gays is far to one side and it's stoked by certain people in particular, but in fairness, you know, I can understand why it's mostly to one side. But he really, victim is way too strong a word, but he will end up being a casualty of what we're all talking about. When, to me, he's not nearly at the top in terms of culpability for it. You know, again, I know that's not going to be popular. I get that. I own it. I'm okay with it. But Adam Gaith will ultimately leave here in all likelihood without coaching a team that he would have ever dreamed of putting on the field.
1: You better watch out, Kim. Jake, Jake, Jake's ready to pounce. I can see it. Jake's, Jake's, <laughs> that's Jake's, all right. Please. I'm okay with that. Jake's not not a fan of Adam Gase,
0: you could say. Well, listen, she's right. The talent has been putrid. I mean, I I don't put all the blame on Gase either. I just think that, you know, accountability does always go up top. You can't put it up top on a brand-new GM, so the next guy in line is the head coach. And, uh, you know, when when Le'Veon Bell can't, you know, I don't think it's just a Bell thing, but when guys can't go up to him and address him, that even P. Ryan, a rookie now, is, you know, liking tweets about his usage. I mean, it's – Wait, wait,
1: wait. He talked about they They talked. Bell decided to go on – Bell decided to go on Twitter and keep doing it. I mean, but he talked to Adam Gase. Like, it's not like – there's this idea that Gase doesn't talk to his players. It's insane. Like, he, he talks to his players. He talks – you know, I think he talked to Bell more than he talked to any other player on the team because Bell liked to complain a lot about – I just you know, don't see him. he's
0: not a – like we talked about. They need a CEO-like coach. He's not that at all. He's nowhere near that. And I think, Kim, if you if you look at that question, uh, you know well, –
2: How do we know that, though? Like, how do we absolutely know that? Like, you can say the results stink, and I'm going on those, and that's fine. But like, to really characterize what Adam GaSe does on a daily basis, I think it's really hard to do given the roster he has. I don't know how many coaches. You know, you want to tell me one win or something? Okay, maybe. But I don't know how many coaches win with the dynamics he had. Now Bell's gone, so that takes away one of them. But the dynamics he had on that roster, and the lack of talent, and the complete lack of difference makers on that roster you are literally talking about if you want to tell me quinnon williams is a difference maker i will go with that because again i think it's very hard for the fan generally speaking to evaluate the interior defensive tackle you always hear that the guys don't do enough when they do an awful lot of dirty work and quinnon is starting to make some plays so i think quinnon's in that group but I think there are very, very few others in that group. I don't know a coach in this league who wins with that kind of roster slash talent. I really don't.
1: And I also think there's very few CEO coaches, Jake. I think Bill Belichick's a CEO. I think Sean, Sean Payton's the CEO. I think Andy Reid to some degree is a CEO, but I, I do think Andy Reid lets his defensive coordinator just do whatever he wants. You know, like what what, what makes me laugh is people love to tweet the picture of of Adam like on the bench when the defense is on the field. Andy Reid does the same thing. Sean McVeigh does the same thing, but you know, it, and it's a results driven business, and the results have been terrible. So this is not to say that Adam does not deserve blame. It's not to say Adam shouldn't be fired, but. The narratives around GACE have kind of just taken off because the results have been so bad. And I don't think all the narratives are correct. And I, I don't think they're going to have a CEO head coach next year, Jake, because like I, I wrote in today's post, who's that guy? There's there's, there's, no, there's no Bill Parcells out there like there was in 1997.
2: Right. I, I mean, you would be talking about bringing back like a Tony Dungy, if that's what you want a Jim Caldwell who's available. Like one of those guys who's seen it all in the league, done a lot, has won, you know, those guys have won, but they would come in here. And like you said, be a CEO. I would cause, uh, you know, I would probably with a little bit of caution, put like a Ron Rivera in that group in, in, in Washington, you know Um, you know, the CEO type uh, and I'm not talking right now about, you know, his battle with cancer. I'm talking about like the way you would look at a Ron Rivera Um, And by the way, it's Jack Del Rio who steps in for him. So it's a defensive head coach who has, you know, his defensive coordinator step in, you know, on the occasions when he's not available because of his fight right now. But there are those guys out there. You know, you hire Jim Caldwell, who's as as good a man, probably, who's ever coached in this league. You think Jets fans are going to be excited about Jim Caldwell? (laughs) I mean, but that's what he would be. He would be a CEO type. And he certainly is qualified. He's overqualified. Of course he's qualified to be a head coach in this league. Look at the Lions without him. He left the Lions a hell of a lot better than they are now.
1: The other question with the CEO coach, and maybe not Jim, Jim Caldwell might not fit this bill but like uh you know i've heard jets fans dream about sean payton would he ever leave new orleans if Brees retired well if he did he'd want complete control of the operation joe douglas would now be a scout <laughs> that's what joe douglas and i don't think the jets are going to do that to joe douglas uh a year and a half into the job you know that's the other part with the ceo coach i'm curious kim you you spend a lot of time around the buffalo bills they are where the jets hoped they would be at this point you know with the young quarterback and a good defense and a good offensive line what's your impression of their two coordinators, Kim, Brian Dayball on the offensive side, Leslie Frazier on the defensive side, because I think both of those guys are going to be head coaching candidates uh, if the Bills' season looks like it's going to go the way it has so far.
2: Well, they're both outstanding, first of all, but so is Sean McDermott, and perhaps most importantly for the conversation we're having, so is Brandon Bean. And Brandon Bean came in after a draft. Brandon Bean has, um, I think it's about six or seven months on Dave Gettleman, not to change this to a Giants topic, but his rebuild, that's about when their rebuilding started together, McDermott and Bean. So the Giants aren't where they need to be either on that on that track, but I, I certainly understand we're talking about the Jets here. You know, I think that when you look at Dayball, you're talking about someone who obviously does a terrific job With a quarterback. Josh Allen has done what everyone who mocked him, and it was an awful lot of people, said was not possible, and that was improving his accuracy and his touch. And he has done that. And they didn't play well Tuesday night against the Titans, uh, Tuesday night against the Titans, they didn't play well, and Josh didn't play well and importantly to me, cause and you and I have both seen and, and, and Jake I you know perhaps you have as well, but certainly Kaz and I have seen a million people who deflect blame, and we've seen a lot of other people who take it. Josh Allen is in the take it category he he took responsibility last night. He used the pronoun I, not we. And he said he has to be better. And he does. He did not play well last night. But they have built that roster. I remember asking Brandon Bean a spring ago. So spring of 2019, is everything you're doing to maximize the chances for Josh Allen to succeed? And he said, yes. And everything he has done since has been to that end. They have acquired in free agency good receivers in John Brown, and his speed makes a difference, and Cole Beasley. Now, the Jets kind of have a Cole Beasley in Crowder, so they did a good job getting him in free agency. But other than that, it's hard to compare the two franchises right now, right? You know, he did a, They did a really good job building around Josh, and then they went out and got digs and, and, a lesson to other GMs. And I'm not saying other GMs don't do this. I don't mean to be condescending about it, but Brandon Bean told me recently, this story where, and I don't think it was for the first time, but for me, it was the first time he said at the trade deadline, he knew that they, he, he tried to get digs from the Vikings and the Vikings said, no, he then watched his bills team go to Houston in the playoffs and four times settle for field goals. He knew they needed an elite playmaker for Josh on offense. He went back to the Vikings. They said yes. And here we are. And again, I'm not using Tuesday night's loss to the Titans as a barometer here. I think that's unfair. I also don't know exactly how all of this is going to play out. I can't. But – the, the generally speaking, the early returns are Diggs and Allen have tremendous chemistry, and I, I can't get an exact answer on how they've developed that, I, and I know this is a long answer, but I, I did think it was interesting that Josh said at one point, and it might have been my question, it might not have been, but it was about his getting initial and immediate chemistry with Diggs. We've seen receivers and quarterbacks struggle for months at that. They had it immediately, and one thing Josh said was... Dig sees the game and plays the game like I do, Allen said. And then he added something along the lines of, when it becomes a scramble drill, when a play breaks down, he and I know where each other are looking. And they have that innately, and I can't explain it other than that because Josh—that was the explanation Josh Allen gave. But the, the the larger point, and again, I know this is an enormously long answer, but the larger point is, you have to do everything to help a young quarterback without elaborating I will tell you Les Snead took me through that before the Rams game that I recently covered uh when he was talking about Goff and Day and uh, and Allen before the Rams played in Buffalo so these aren't hard concepts but it seems for some franchises it's much harder to latch on to that idea of what they absolutely have to do to have success in this league now and that is built around the quarterback.
0: Yeah, and Diggs is on one spectrum, and then you went the Jets' you know, cheaper route with Brashad Perriman, so uh, yeah. you, you see the two differences there. I, I've heard Tuesday night football enough for one episode. Now I need some tacos in here. Um, I, I, <laughs> I can't believe all these Tuesday night games. It's, it sums up 2020 in a weird year. Um, Kim Jones covering it all during this weird year. At Kim Jones Sports, catcher on NFL Network and WFAN, the pride of Penn State. Kim, uh, love talking to you. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll check with you later in the season. Thanks.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoyed it
0: adios episode 42 the bruce harper edition of gangs all here our new york jets podcast from the new york post thanks to alex camarada for helping me out and producing the show as you finish the show up give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on apple podcast we appreciate your support for brian costello i'm jake brown we'll be back on monday following the jets dolphins game can they win one We'll talk to you all then. Stay safe, folks.